Welcome to the Live Well, Live Simply podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Johns. Now, last week we spoke to one of our Simplify Everything magazine contributors, excuse me, Rachel, about following your intuition and living from your heart. In today's episode, I'm talking with another contributor from the magazine, Gina Lucia, an award-winning content writer from the UK. Gina is a really successful, multi-talented online entrepreneur who also happens to be the most organized person I have ever met. Together, we're talking ways to simplify your productivity so you can stay on track to achieving your business and life goals. But before we head into that, here's a little bit about the Simplify Everything magazine. Simplify Everything magazine is a digital publication that empowers you to simplify your life. Created for people who want more adventure, exploration, and self-discovery. Simplify Everything magazine will inspire your self-discovery as you journey into the unknown and challenge the confines of modern life. Check it out at www.cindyjohns.net forward slash simplify everything. Gina, welcome to the Live Well, Live Simply podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It is absolutely my pleasure. And thank you for being so generous with your time. Just so our listeners know, Gina is a busy online entrepreneur who runs two successful businesses. So the fact that she is here with us today is a pretty big deal. So with that said, the first question I would like to ask you, Gina, is how do you run two thriving online businesses and not burn yourself out? So um, for the benefit of those listening, essentially I do two things. Uh, The first thing is I work freelance or I run a service-based business doing content marketing um, for various companies. And that means I do articles and blog posts and email marketing for them. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I run a website called Limit Breaker. And that is basically... um, Well, my motto is business is one part strategy and two parts mindset. So I teach mostly service-based business women um, with their goals and business goals by combining both mindset and strategy. Um, And that's mostly blog posts again and now video. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have an advantage in terms of running both at the same time because both are basically part time. So my time management is a little easier. Um, Having said that, though, my main struggle is switching my brain from one to the other, because although they do similar things in terms of the content creation, um, the type of stuff I write about is completely different. Because for Limit Breaker, it's more um, business strategy, personal development mixed, And for clients, it's just like how-to tutorial style blog posts about technical stuff. Um, So I mostly batch work and do as much of my client work as possible in one week and then focus my mind as much as possible on Limit Breaker the next week. And it took me years to figure this out because I was just all over the place Mm -hmm. for years. And it meant that I actually couldn't progress with limit breaker which is 
ideally what I'd like to be doing full time um, because I couldn't focus and get enough done. Um, So if anybody at home listening at home, like I'm talking on the news or something, um, (laughs) if anyone at home wants to, you know, always trying to balance stuff, then I'd look into batch working because it means that you can properly focus on what you're doing um, or try deep work. There's a book by Cal, I think it's Cal Newport has done the book Deep Work. Mm -hmm. Recommend reading that because it'll allow your mind to focus better because multitasking just isn't, I don't think it works. Um, So yes, that means that I've got two businesses that are growing and I've still got plenty of spare time. Yeah, awesome. I'm a big fan of, of batching as well. And I find in particular, you're a, you're a YouTuber as well. Um, yeah. That the, when you batch your videos, the first video is like, oh, okay. The second mm. one, you're in the swing of it. And by the time you hit your third and fourth, it's just flowing. Everything flows and you create really good content. But that doesn't happen if you don't batch. If you're just always starting mm right from the beginning i imagine it's the same with blog posts if you're on that that theme that you can just keep punching out good work yeah i will first of all i actually find it's the opposite for me with videos um because i find that when i'm filming a video the first one is the best because i've I've got energy Mm -hmm. and then the second one because i usually just do two at the moment Mm -hmm. uh, the second one i'm starting to lose energy um and if I try and do a third I'm just exhausted I'm exhausted I don't know it really I love doing it but it completely drains me um and then for the blog post what I've started doing now is I'll spend because I'm I'm starting to do a little bit of work in the evening so I'm not just watching Netflix all day Mm -hmm. um all evening rather and um so I'll do all my keyword research for my blog post Mm -hmm. um in one evening for the month and then I'll do all the titles the next evening. Wow. And then I'll do the all the outlines for each post the next evening. Mm-hmm. And then the next evening I'll start writing them. And it might take me a few days to write them all. But that way you're doing, it's not just batching the type of work you're doing. It's mm-hmm. batching the similar tasks together that really works. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gee, that is really good. And I can <laughs> see how that would stop you from burning out because you're, Focusing on one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Good tip. Now, (laughs) let's talk about productivity apps. If you take a little look around YouTube or on on Pinterest, you see a lot of bloggers talking about how these apps make their lives easier and help them run their businesses more efficiently. I am of the opinion that they actually make life harder, and I think you agree with me. Yeah, I actually think it it depends on so many different things mm-hmm. because it takes time for you as an individual to understand how you work best. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they all kind of exist, if anything. I mean, they also exist so that people can make money, but we won't go into that. <laughs> um, so some people need, you know, accountability. Mm-hmm. Some people need gamification. Mm. Um, and then some people need kind of like push notifications or different features that work for them to get stuff done me and you Cindy and maybe people who are listening we need simplicity Mm -hmm. 
to get things to work. Um, so when it comes to these productivity apps, though, it's very hard to know what you want to try. And most of the time, you know, you end up having to pay a little bit extra to um, try using these things. And then once you're in, they've got you. Yeah. So what I would suggest for people listening, um, especially if they don't really know how they work best, you know, like I said, me and you, we like simplicity and we know that works for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd suggest thinking about how people learn in school as a really good starting point. So when you're in school, you know, when you were younger, did you need one-on-one support? Were you naturally organized? Did you need the teacher constantly reminding you to get work done? Because if that's the case, then it's likely you still work that way and you can try out some productivity systems or apps or Um, whatever that fulfill that need for you and then see how you go and use that as a basis Mm. but if it doesn't work you might have changed styles so you can just experiment but I mean me and you will always recommend keeping it simple because you can spend so much time in these productivity apps or whatever app that will make your business run smoother or whatever yeah Um, but sometimes you're actually spending more time doing using the app then you are getting the thing done that you want to get done. Yeah, absolutely. So it's worth making sure not to overcomplicate it, no matter how, what kind of learning style you have, you want to make sure that the thing you're using is actually pushing you forward rather than actually holding you back. Yeah. Yep. Look, I am completely old school. I have a to-do list Mm. and I prioritise what needs to be done. And I also have like a weekly goals and habits sheets where I kind of list everything that I want to do and then put it into my to-do list over the week Mm. and I reward myself at the end of the week if I've achieved the three goals that I that I was working towards. Oh what's your reward? Oh well it it depends Um, so I am an absolute book nerd so Usually there is a book (laughs) as a reward Um, or if there is, you know, like an an outfit or or just um, or if I want to take the afternoon off and make a cake or something, I put those things in as as rewards, things that I really, really want to do. It's like, okay, well, if you can do all this stuff, then you can get to do that as well. What a good idea. I might have to start doing that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, the, the only problem with that is my book collection is getting a bit out of control. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I do have a lot of books. Um, but that, I mean, that's not a bad a bad thing to collect really, is it? No, no. Really. <laughs> no. So as a woman who runs two online businesses, which productivity systems do you find most effective? Um, so I've always been organized from a really young age. Mm. It might not surprise you, Cindy. No, look, I was about to say I can totally vouch for that. You are the most organized person I have ever spoken to. <laughs> I've just always been like that. I'm not I'm not sure why, but even as a as a kid, I would tidy up my room without my parents asking and I would organize wow. my tech. I had a little like wooden chest and I'd organize my teddies in the chest a very particular way. Um, I've just always, always been that way. (laughs) 
Um, but that means that the systems that I use, systems, I'm using air quotes, but obviously no one can see me. Um, <laughs> but they're very simple because um, I don't need the extra kind of, I say fluff, um, usually added to them. But I'm also really prone to getting overwhelmed by systems and productivity apps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've tried using things like Asana and Trello and all these kind of things, and they just don't work for me because it's too, it's too complicated in a way, even though they make it seem like it's really simple, I still find it too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead, I am a to, I'm a to-do list gal, (laughs) like you. Mm -hmm. And um, I use, so I use my daily uh, just a notepad that I write in daily, but I also use an app called Todoist. Oh, okay. Um, and it's basically a fancy digital to-do list. That's it. Um, and the only, it's still very simple, although they have now added a kind of Trello-like feature, but you don't have to use it. Okay. Um, and you can basically prioritize, like color code the to-do list, move things around nice and easy, drag and drop. And I kind of use that as a plan of my week and that you can break it down via days. And it's literally just a digital to-do list. It's amazing. Wow. And, um, and then every day I have kind of a list of tasks. And then in the morning, I'll go through that, put them in priority order, mm-hmm. and then I will write them down, like replicate them written in my notepad so I have it both Mm. so this I don't really know why I do this but it's great because I get to tick off things twice (laughs) (laughs) I just like who if anybody listening loves to do lists they will understand the appeal of being able to tick things off and if you can do it twice it's amazing even better yeah (laughs) I actually um, I read something somewhere, sorry to interrupt, but I read something somewhere about um, humans and to-do lists that it's actually, um, Mm -hmm. it's so psychologically, it's so good for us that we will even do extra things that aren't on our list and then put them on our list and tick them off. I am so guilty of doing that. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) In fact, um, (laughs) I've been known, I think I've written about it before. I might have, I think I created, um, I used to, I had this email series I created for people. It was mostly for introverts. Mm -hmm. And one of the emails I sent out was create a three item to-do list Mm -hmm. um, because it will help you get more done because you're just focusing on three big things. Um, And I wrote that because I kind of knew that probably introverts were the people who were doing the to-do lists yeah um and then I put in that email that I um I used to put things like shower on the to-do list (laughs) (laughs) and at the moment because I've got this routine that I'm doing where I um we'll talk about it later I presume Mm. but um I've got this routine that I do certain things in the evening and so I put them on the to-do list but it's things like get into my pjs I'm still doing it (laughs) It's just, it's an addiction, but I'm happy to have it. So, oh, that's fantastic. Okay, I don't go, I don't go that far, but I do, I do put things like unpack the dishwasher and you know, oh yeah, menial tasks that you're going to do anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need a reminder. It's fine. Yeah, absolutely. But I do. I also, you know, I'm a yoga teacher, and I do actually write practice yoga 
on mm. my playlist. And the mm. crazy thing is, if I don't write it, I'll find an excuse to not do it. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. The thing is, if it works for you, it works, doesn't it? Yeah. So, and it's, it, it's things like, that. Sorry, go on. No, go on. You first. It's almost like writing it down makes it official. Yes. Yeah. yeah totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now you and I have talked about this quite a bit before. When you are your business, when you are a solo entrepreneur and you're doing everything yourself it becomes really difficult to not take every little thing personally. If you hear crickets after you publish a post or a YouTube video, it can feel like a personal rejection, can't it? Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And it's even worse for empaths like us. So how do you disassociate yourself from your work? Well, this happened just the other day because I published a video I was really proud of and it got four views on YouTube in the first day. And right now I checked last night, so it could have changed, but it's up to 15. So um, I would like that to be higher, obviously. But -hmm. during the first day, I was... I was more disappointed with myself than anything because now I just kind of feel like, well that's on me, which is probably not the best attitude to have, but I was really proud of it, you know. Um, But having said that, this is something I learned from my husband, Lewis, Mm -hmm. um, because he's a master at detaching his emotion from things if he chooses to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not sure where he learned this. I think he just, you know, grew up doing it. Mm. Um, But if he sends in something like a job act, application he can detach his emotion from the result um or if he's waiting on a personal election result he can detach his emotion from the result of that too mm-hmm. it's basically a skill one that he's chosen to master mm-hmm. i don't understand but you know as empaths it's not mm. doesn't it doesn't come easy no, it doesn't. so this year i chose to take it upon myself to get better at it because to get better at something you need to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not easy for empaths, mm. but I believe it's very important for us to learn how to do it, especially for really specific things that you know are gonna emotionally impact your work. Yeah. Um, because in order to progress, you know, sometimes we have to develop harder skin for things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're putting yourself out there all the time, you're gonna be subject to negativity at some point yes just the way of the internet yeah um so I can't explain how to do it because I don't know but you just the way I have done it is you just have to decide to do it for a specific thing so it's how I started with cold emailing which lifted my business out of a rut Mm -hmm. um because I chose to detach my emotions from the outcome of the emails I was sending Mm. I just chose to do it. I was like, I'm not going to let this affect me. I'm just going to detach my emotions, send it, and then walk away. Um, So if anybody listening has a problem with, you know, having too much emotional attachment to the outcome of certain things they do, or if they want to put themselves out there, say they want to start a YouTube channel or something, we'll use that as an example. Mm -hmm. Even though it's you and putting yourself in front of the camera and all that kind of stuff is nerve-wracking at first Mm. you still have to detach your emotions from the outcome of certain things because 
if you let yourself be emotionally attached to stuff, mm. it's going to be so hard when you get four views on a video. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, because you're like, well, that's me and people don't, you know, you could you yeah. could go down the line of, you know, people don't like me, that's the reason why, or it's because yeah. of me and and all this kind of stuff. And you're going to have those thoughts anyway, but as soon as you have them, you have to switch off, you know, like if you want, you can physically remove your yourself from wherever you're sitting or whatever you're doing to switch your brain from thinking about that one thing. Yeah. Um, and then you can, you know, move on to something a bit more productive because it's not productive thinking. It's just not. No, it's not. It is. Um, so it's actually, this is actually a spiritual um, process that you're talking about. And there's a proper proper word for it and if I was a good good yoga teacher um, I'd know the Sanskrit word but I <laughs> I don't but it is disassociation and it's basically you create the best that you can create and then you just release it because the you're not doing it for an outcome so you're not creating that YouTube video to get um, people to watch it you're creating that YouTube video because you have something to share that could help people. Yeah, yeah, so the good moment, way to look at it. Yeah, the moment it's out there, you just have to trust that the person who you created that for is going to watch it. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's... Sorry, yeah, it's not an owner, you're not, uh, it's not an ownership and it's letting go of the outcome. It's producing the best that you can because you can. yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't remember if I was listening to something yesterday or I was reading it, but somebody was basically saying that um, when we're talking about ourselves, our brain is more active than when we're talking about other people or mm -hmm. other things. Okay. So it's very hard when we're producing stuff and it's that connected to us to disassociate or detach our emotions from that thing because our brain just wants to talk about itself. Yes, so it makes it so hard and you have to make a conscious decision yeah. to detach or yeah, let something go because it's bigger than you. Now, once it's created, it's bigger yeah. than you and you have to let it have its own life yeah. um, and then move on to the next thing because your time is worth more creating something new and keeping going than it is wallowing on something that's already happened. Kind of yeah. Thing. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I feel like I should say this. I have started um, three YouTube channels. <laughs> mm -hmm. And every time I get to the point where I'm like, you know, I've created maybe 10 videos and only 10 people, you know, is the biggest view, a lot of views that I have. And then I've just given up. I've just been like, no, it's not working. And blamed all sorts of things for why it hasn't worked. And myself quite a bit too. This time, mm. because you and I, you decided to do a YouTube channel and um, you kind of inspired me to start again. And through the conversations that we've had, I have now just started just producing the video, putting it up and then not checking. Right. And just, just going, this is what I felt I should create this week, put it up and don't look at it. And I'm having so much more success this time around because I'm giving up ownership of it. Yeah. You know, it's not, yeah. I'm not obsessing about it and I'm not getting angry because my work is so good and no one 
no one is seeing I'm not taking it personally it's just something that I've done yeah yeah that's the that's the best way to do it because otherwise like you said you could just stop and because you 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 feel like you're not making any progress or whatever and if you're checking it constantly you know that's always going to be the case because you're not going to see it growing yeah um one of the tricks I use is I've got this um I've got an Android phone. So I have this app that comes with it called Digital Wellbeing. And you can basically put a timer on certain apps so that you can't use them or they kind of gray them out. Mm -hmm. And so I do that every, pretty much every evening for um, YouTube Studio. So I can't go in and check it because otherwise I'll just do it automatically. I just, it's Mm -hmm. like a habit. Mm -hmm. Um, I do that with other apps too, but then I can't check it. So And I had this thing before where I was going to stay on YouTube for an hour after I launched a video Hmm. to reply to comments, which is really wishful thinking when you're small because (laughs) no one comments. So I don't know why I was doing that. You know, you can do that when you're bigger, you know. Um, So now all I do is um, I schedule my video and then when it goes live, I publish the post that goes with it and then send the email that goes with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I step away because... And usually me and Lewis will go on a walk or something um, because if you just, you know, sit there looking at it and watching the views not go up or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or even if the views go up, you know, then the next time you'll be even more disappointed because it wasn't the same as the previous video. Yes. So it's too damaging to your mental health to be looking at things like that because you're attaching your self-worth to the outcome of a thing you created, which just isn't healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's better to just not. And if you can use tricks like that app or whatever you have on your phone or even deleting the app, like you don't even need to have it on your phone. I don't know why I do, to be honest. Um, You know, just don't have it so in close proximity to you. Make it harder for you to check it because especially when you're small, you know, the outcome of that is it's not necessary for you to be looking at it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing that you're checking is not going to bring more viewers. No, no, absolutely not. And there, and even by disassociating like that, by thinking about it as, um, as you said, not putting your self worth on the outcome, on the success of the outcome, you can then maybe go back in another 24 hours and say, Oh, okay, I'm not getting the views. What can I do to make it better? What can I tweak? Do I need to change the title? Do I need to change the thumbnail? Is there something wrong in the description that's not capturing people's attention? And then you can actually improve on your work. And eventually, just by doing that, you'll get a better outcome for yourself because you're actually uh, improving your skill set towards whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, exactly. It's like you can use it as a learning opportunity instead um, so that you can improve and do better work because... Although, you know, things like Instagram and YouTube are algorithm based, mm-hmm. um, you know, there is, a, there is a human on the other side that's watching your video. Mm-hmm. So if they're dropping off at certain points or, you know, they're not commenting on it, there, even though they've seen it, there, there is a human side of that there. Mm-hmm. And if you can take that in, a, in, a, um, in an objective way, then, you know, you can improve next time and not attach your emotions to it. um and just get better and then the next time you'll get more people commenting and yeah if you just if you disassociate 
yourself from what it is. Just pretend, pretend they're a client or pretend, you know, pretend your YouTube video somebody else created, you know, how would you look at it and how would you improve it um, so that you can do a better job and, and give more value to people basically. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And we also, we all need to remind ourselves that um, the outcome is not, we are not any better because we got more views or um, more people commented on our Instagram post or our Facebook is growing exponentially. That is actually, um, you're still a valid person without that sort of success. That's an external thing that when it comes right down to it, isn't as important as who you actually are. Yeah. Yeah. it's it's almost like an illusion really yes um and it's one of the reasons why I stopped being on Instagram because I felt like um I was attaching my self-worth to my Instagram success air yep. quotes mm-hmm. um and if my likes or comments or whatever went up then I felt better about myself and when they went down I felt worse about myself mm-hmm. which is ridiculous because the stuff I was putting out there not all of it, to be honest, but a lot of it was stuff that I was putting out there to help other people. Yeah. And by not getting as many likes as I wanted or um, or whatever it was, I was attaching my self-worth to it and feeling terrible in general because, you know, it's not real. Yeah. And you get a really false sense of, you know, what people actually want and if you're actually helping people or not. And that's what it should be about, really. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So taking a detour from all of the business stuff for a moment, um, you live in a really big city in the UK, but you still maintain a simple life. Now, when I search Google for other people sharing wisdom on living a simple life, all of them just seem to be living in the countryside somewhere, taking care of their ducks and their six children and getting about in their homemade cardigans. And look, I'm not casting shade on them at all because I discovered the joys of a simple life while living in rural Australia. But living a simple life in the city has its own challenges. What's the biggest challenge you've had in cultivating a simple life in the big city? So it might not be applicable to right now, Mm -hmm. um, but the majority of the time, the only struggle I've really had is saying no to people. Um, because, um, well, I'll give you some background. We actually used to live essentially in the country um, and nobody would visit us because it's hard to get to and, you know, Mm -hmm. nobody wants to visit somewhere where there's nothing to do. Um, But now that we live in the city, it's really easy for people to meet up with you or come over or just, you know, you're you're accessible basically to everyone. So you have to say no way more than you did before because you have to value your time if you want to live you know a simple life you have to value what means the most to you Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes that doesn't mean just going to the the pub on a night where you're really tired and you just want to sit and read you know Mm -hmm. Um, and also I'm an introvert so you know (laughs) leave me alone and of course, that that's not happening this year. So the, this year, I've had the simplest life I could possibly ever have because I can't yeah. see anyone, um, which has its ups and downs. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah you just have to learn to say no and that's the the main thing because um also I think it's it's easier in some ways because um living in a city having access to things is actually important to me mm-hmm. when we were living in the country we had access to basically nothing mm-hmm. um and we don't drive so we had to take the bus or get the train everywhere and it was it was difficult and if I wanted to go to the shop to buy some socks <laughs> I couldn't do it it was like oh. you can't find any shops with socks in them which is ridiculous wow. anyway. um so now I'm living in the city you know I have access to things yeah but p- picking which of these things to focus on or access is essential to uh living simply mm-hmm. so I still want the choice yeah I you know I want to be able to choose so I want access but my choice is personal yeah. and that's the simple part. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. That is good. Now, what are three things that you do to keep your life calm and simple? So I don't know about you, Cindy, <laughs> but the least calm and simple thing in my life is my own mind. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. So my focus recently has been to make it as calm and manageable as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can focus on getting things done rather than focusing on everything that's churning around in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, so the three things that I do is, first of all, I journal every morning and evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is fairly recent thing, actually, because um, as, you know, COVID has been happening and um, me trying to progress my business and um, mindset is a massive part of my life now. Um, I need to manage my own mindset and all of the things that I'm doing, I can then apply and teach to other people. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not, you know, doing these things, I'm a big hypocrite, you know? (laughs) Um, So anyway, I journal every morning and evening. Uh Um, and basically I just write down everything I'm thinking and I don't stop until I'm done. And then I'll, I'll write down an intention for the day. Beautiful. Um, so yesterday my intention was gratitude. Mm -hmm. Uh, the day before it was value, Mm -hmm. bring value to people or bring value to everything I do, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So each day I just pick something that I think I know will help me throughout the day and that I can make sure that. Um, especially if I'm feeling a certain way in the morning, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're not feeling all that great. Um, I just write down everything I'm feeling. And then I pick, um, I pick a, um, what did I say it was? An intention. An intention. Thank you. I pick an intention that will help me get through that throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And then it will just switch my mind into thinking of something different. Mm. Um, and then my second thing is that I stretch every morning and evening, Mm -hmm. um, And this is because I sit at my desk all day. And because it's winter, I'm not getting out in the garden as much either, Um, which is very sad because it's raining all the time here in Mm. not not so sunny England. (laughs) So I can't get outside. So I need to, you know, move and and stretch and stuff. So I do a kind of mini yoga session, I guess. Um, Because I used to do, I used to do hot yoga, Cindy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I did it with a friend and it was, it was really fun actually. Yeah. Um, so I just use the stuff I learned. 
yep. in those lessons and just make up my own little mini sesh. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Maybe I should start using your In the yoga yeah, world, I should... we call this a personal practice. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I have a personal practice. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe I should just put on one of your videos, honestly, and then I can uh, do it properly. <laughs> oh, no, look, that, that's the thing about yoga is that it, what's proper is what's work, what works for you. Yeah, I have, um, there's a few stretches in particular I do, and I can just feel like they're ones for my back in particular mm-hmm. um and they just feel so good yeah so yeah. it has to feel good otherwise you're not going to keep doing it exactly yep absolutely yeah yeah and then my last thing is that I take a walk every day so um it's great because at the moment my husband Lewis works from home mm-hmm. with me so we go for a, a walk every day and um we go to this forest that's near us um, and we get to decompress and discuss the day and it just kind of resets me after work. Well, that is all three beautiful things. I also journal every morning, but I I used to do it of an evening and I've stopped, but I think I'll start again because it's a lovely way to just end. Yeah. And let go, like part of that disassociation thing, part of mm. um, just letting go the things that would keep you up at night if you're just thinking about things constantly before you fall asleep it's a beautiful way of letting that go yeah I kind of use it because so the walk every day I do with Lewis I can just discuss what happened during the day and obviously listen to his day as well Mm -hmm. but there are certain things that if I told him everything that was going on in my head Mm. I'd you know, he might not be with me anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be too much. It'd be too much. Yeah. So um, I use the journal to just write down everything else because otherwise it's basically like if anybody were to read it, they would be, they would probably be a bit concerned <laughs> because it's all over the place. Every day is just completely different. And yeah. the thing is, I'm going to, I'm going to keep the journal um, and every single one I write after this and just so I can look back at the progress I've made yeah, and to see where my mindset is at from when I first started doing the journal to where I am at a different date, because I have changed through doing it because yeah. I'm able to kind of write down problems I'm having and then come up with solutions while I'm writing. Yep. It's, it's quite amazing, really. Yeah, it is. It is. I always say that the, it's, the blank page won't judge you. Yeah. So it's not like you always have to hold a little bit back when you're talking with other people because when yeah. you're a, um, an overthinker like mm-hmm. uh, we are, it, it can, it's too much for people, for anybody. To yeah. deal with. So you can tell a blank page and it's not going to judge you when you're having um, too many crazy thoughts. And in, yeah. <laughs> and in getting that out, you come to your own your mind is calmer and you come to your own um decisions about things yes exactly burdening other people yes perfect relationships yeah 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 (laughs) my poor friends and family (laughs) (laughs) yep yep absolutely so finally what's the biggest challenge you've had living through a pandemic Yeah. So in terms of business and life, I have had it relatively easy Mm. um, because my business, my freelance service-based business has actually done pretty well because the clients I had anyway, were all online based. Um, So, and they've just done well from it. 
um, the way the world works. Some people do well, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so business has gone pretty well. And like, as I said, my husband's now working from home, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I have struggled with the most is not seeing my parents. Yeah. Um, because since the start of it all happening, I've not seen them. So what? how long has that been? Uh, it was That was uh, February of this year. Yeah, so it was like almost a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time. So the beginning of the year, I had this goal um, to see my parents every two months minimum. And they live on the Isle of Wight. So if you, if anybody who's listening doesn't know where that is, it's like you've got the, um, the UK and then underneath this little kind of diamond-shaped island mm-hmm. um, that's just off the bottom of the UK. And that's the Isle of Wight. It's a lovely place to go visit when COVID's over. <laughs> um, but I had this goal to see them every two months minimum because I thought, you know, it's one of the things I want to do. I want to see my parents more because um, I love seeing them. And every time I visit, it's like a mini holiday. Um, And it's it's like a reset for me. That's what it was. Um, So it was going really well. And then about a week before I turned 30, which was in March, um, there was a lot of activity on the news and I was going to go visit them. Um, and I made the choice to visit them anyway, mm-hmm. because I asked them, I left them with the choice because I didn't want to kind of force them into something that might have made them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so I made the choice to visit them and thinking it might have been the last time for a while. So, and I'm so glad I did because yeah. the thing is, I'm not a risk taker at all. I don't take risks and I haven't done since this whole thing start started. Um, so I, I hand gelled the whole way there. Um, and as soon as I got there, I got out of all my travel clothes and immediately put them in the wash and washed my face. <laughs> like yeah. At the time it felt really extreme. And when I told people they kind of laughed about it, but you know, actually looking back, it was probably the most sensible thing to do, which yeah, is totally sensible. the right thing to do. Yeah, so because the last thing I want to do is put my family at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was before they'd announced it was here properly. Yeah, look, that's absolutely the right thing to do. And I think if more people were as cautious and as careful as you were in that situation, we might not be in the same situation that we're in now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, we um, before it was happening, and I think it was it was, again, murmurings of stuff going on me and Lewis uh went to Amsterdam just for a little holiday um and while we were there we took hand gel and every time we would get on and off the tram we would use the hand gel mm-hmm. um and this was even before you know it was uh, like I said I, I don't take risks I'm very risk averse so <laughs> I was always like that so yeah, yeah. Gina, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing so generously of your time and your wisdom Now, before we go, Gina has a little something for all our listeners that she'd like to share with us. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. Yes, so if any of your lovely listeners would like to connect with me, uh, if you go to limitbreaker.co forward slash simply, I've put together a little special page just for the Live Well, Live Simply listeners and a few things on there that you might like. Awesome. Thank you, Gina. And I will also pop that link in the description for everyone to go and visit. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening. For more information on Simplify Everything magazine, please head to cindyjohns.net slash simplify everything. Speak with you next week.